What up, Hot for Justice? Errs. <laughs> I liked how aggressive the errs was Thank this you. time around. Thank you. I'll make sure I do that in the future. Yes. So we are literally marathon potting right now, you guys. Yeah, this is our fourth one we've done right now. <sighs> Baby, Again. Baby's sleeping. So we are getting it done. Yeah. The husbands are on baby duty. Yes. And um, hopefully we get far enough ahead that if there's ever issues, we are good. Hopefully. So, probably have to feed her soon. My boobs are getting full. <laughs> <laughs> Breastfeeding props. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be Carly. really fun when we go on our cruise. For I'm going to have to pump like every couple hours. Oh my god. And then probably uh, just dump the milk out because we're probably going to be drunk the whole four days. Oh yeah, if we're not, like we're doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to suck. That's a lot of work, man. Just I know. to waste all that milk. Oh, it sounds like a waste. <laughs> Wasted resources, truly. It is. But, anyways. I mean, that's a hot commod, you know? It is. It takes so much work. I mean, I have no idea. But. <laughs> it's like 30 minute process for both of them. I mean, yeah. Like so. both boobies? Yes. <laughs> really. <laughs> so, like, um, we were looking for fabric for me and Audrey's business thing yes. that we we're thinking about doing. Um, and they totally had boob fabric, fabric, and I was like, we should do that. Like, there's, like, fabric with titties printed on what, it? Yeah. Stop it. I thought it was really funny. Because, I mean, what are kids' favorite things? Like, babies. Boobs. <laughs> what are a lot of people's favorite I'm things? I'm literally boobs. just a pair of tits to this kid. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways. Well, I'm going to jump into my murder. Do it. <laughs> um... So, this is about what is known as the Killing Field. That name sounds vaguely familiar to me. It's creepy. It's not in California. Sorry, not sorry. I'm doing one from Texas. I do ones from all over the place. Yeah, you do. This is my first time. Um, So, February 2nd, 1986, two boys were riding their dirt bikes along Calder Road in Lake City, Texas, when they noticed a terrible smell. Oh, no. It's never a good sign. Oh, no, absolutely not. Nope. Um, they actually discovered the bodies of two women. Um, one of them was identified um, fairly quickly as 16-year-old high school sophomore Laura Miller. She had last been seen using a payphone in 1984, which is two years prior to when she was found. Huh. So she must have already been decomposed, because, but there was another body that probably smelled, right? Right. I was very confused. Yeah. Okay, go on. <laughs> um... The other body remained unidentified. In five years later, in 1989, <laughs> four years later. I know, I was like, uh, when did you say this happened again? Three years later. Three yeah. years later, 1989. This article does not, he does not mask the person who wrote this. Which also Is he related I, to us? <laughs> probably. Oh, she. Um, so I got this, these from two, a People magazine article and a KCBD um, one is by Elaine Aradillis and one is Stephanie Frazier, just, you know, citing Ooh. my sources. Um, okay. In 1989, horseback riders in the same area came upon another decomposing body who what? also remained unidentified, and she became known as Janet Doe. The first one they called Jane Doe, the second one Janet Doe. Okay, I was going to say, is there, <laughs> yeah. was Janet already taken? Yeah. So, or, Jane. Jesus. Was Jane already taken? Yeah. So, <laughs> since 1971... 12 murder victims have been found in this area. Oh my it is, god! Yeah, a 25-acre site close to Interstate 45 between Galveston, Texas, and Houston, Texas. Investigators and the FBI believe some of the cases related, but not all of them. Probably. Yes. I think it's so. Kind of... I mean, when there's, like, a lot of things found in one area, I think it's safe to assume, but also semi-irresponsible to assume that they're all related. Yeah, I think definitely some of them, but, like, probably... I mean, you think about it, once the news 
probably started coming out about this, yeah. then people were like, oh, easy. I can just dump the body here. Right. So, um, uh, now with the progression of DNA and genealogy, these Jane Does were entered into a national genealogy database. So I'm not sure if they mean like probably a DNA database and then like got familial matches with genealogy. Probably. You know what I mean? I think that sounds yeah. intelligent. Yeah. Um, so the Jane Doe, the first body found, um, is Audrey Lee Cook, who was 30 years old when she went missing in 1985, and she was found in 1986. Um, so there's quite a bit of an age gap between these people. Yes. Yeah, because the other one, what was it, like 15, 16? Yes. Yeah. Um, Audrey was from Memphis, Tennessee, and she was a mechanic. Her family had last heard from her in December um, of 1985, when her and her body was found, like, that next February. So it was actually only, like, a couple of months. Wild. Yeah. Whereas the other, the 16-year-old, there was like a two-year two difference. Yeah. Um, associates of hers around that time believed that she used to buy and sell cocaine. So that good for her. That was probably it. Could have been like related to that. Well, she said she like sold it. Yes. Okay. Probably a drug deal gone wrong. Yeah. Or I mean, that's probably what people assumed. Yeah. Sounds like there's probably more to it than that. Keep talking. Likely. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Janet Doe was identified as Donna Dosulin Prude Prudholm, who was 34 at the time of her death. Um. Yeah, so, yeah, it says, um, see, the article is a little confusing because, uh, it said she died in 1991, but these bodies were found in 1989, so it might have just, there might have been, like, I mean, obviously there's 12 victims, so right. it's possible that, like, the article, I think the article was definitely a little confused, <laughs> so, um, yeah. The article, not the person that wrote it. Yeah. The article. Just the article. Not the person. <laughs> the article wrote itself. <laughs> um, so another woman who was found in this killing field, um, another woman was found in this killing field, and she was identified as 25-year-old Heidi Fay. Um, a family dog actually found her skull and brought it home. Ah. And then police were called, and they searched the field, and they found the rest of her remains. Could you imagine if one of your dogs did that? I would shit my pants. When we were we were camping one time with Why Harlow, was that a segue? Oh, I know. Okay, well, listen. <laughs> we, listen, we were camping, which, um, okay, creepy, in the middle of the woods, and we brought Harlow with us, because, you know, Pitbull, she's, you know, we feel safe. Granted, she was a tiny baby. She was, like, four months old. Um, she, we let her off her leash, and she was kind of just roaming, and she fucking found a bone, and I'm like, what if this was, like, a human bone? But I'm pretty sure it was not. And we threw it and we threw it away. Like, so she would leave it alone and she brought it back. <laughs> Some people's kids, man. I know. It was great. But anyways. Um... Yeah, I thought you were going to say, like, she brought back some, like, fucking human skeleton and... No, I'm pretty sure it was an animal bone. But anyways... Let's just hope. So some of these bodies are identified, some are not. Um, the police believe they're hunting for a serial killer. In some fashion. Right. So. But fucking A. Yeah. Go um, look at pictures. Like I always say, you like literally never know what you might know or your family might know. And it might be so seemingly inconsequential that you just don't think to talk about right. it. But that's kind of the point of this podcast is to jog memories and, you know, talk about it. So do it. Share it with your fam and your friends and. Coworkers, whoever. Yeah. Maybe read the article because maybe I'm confused and maybe it wasn't the article. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So that's all I have for you. All right. Sue, so, um, I will be talking about the Sarasota, Sarasota, 
Sarasota mummy murder. Mummy. The mysterious death of Chandler Steffens. Okay. At least I'm almost certain it's Steffens. Chandler's a man. Yes. Okay. Like Chandler from Friends. Okay. Just, just like say that. that. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> okay. Um, this is written on Reddit by a user by the name of Mill SC six one six or maybe Mills C. I don't know. Whatevs. All I know is shouts to you. <laughs> Thanks for your research. Yes, because uh, you probably did a lot better than I could have. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's hard. It is hard. You know, sometimes yeah. there's like just nothing about cases. Yeah, and like this this one's actually patched together from like a lot of news articles and yeah. shit. So. <clears throat> Again, shouts to you, Mill. Or Mills, I don't know. <laughs> what else? You the shit. <laughs> okay. Shoo. Um, 1955 in Sarasota, not Sarasota, Sarasota, <laughs> Florida, two high school sweethearts. How cute. Aww. Senior football player Chandler Chan Steffens and Chan. sophomore. <laughs> and what a nickname. Yeah. Like, Chan. Chan Chan. Come here. <laughs> sounds like a cat. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. You're right. Um, actually, fun fact, me and my parents, when I was growing up, we had two cats, and they uh-huh. were Chandler and Phoebe. I love that! Yeah. Phoebe! Yeah. My phone's vibrating loudly, so I have to turn it off. Um, anyway, continue. But yeah, um, they were the shit. Um, Phoebe. We ended up giving Phoebe away to my cousin, because no. uh, she wanted a pet, and gotcha. wanted to keep it in the family. Yeah, and Good like name. Chandler and Phoebe, like they didn't, they were siblings. I'm pretty sure, but like they like kind of didn't really get along. Yeah, and we had another cat at the time too that was like a real big bitch. Gotcha. <laughs> Her name was Lily. She was fucking insane, dude. That's funny. Like she would always like bring home like dead animals and stuff. Oh, rude. I know, because she was like indoor outdoor. Yeah. Um, but so all the cats were indoor outdoor. Okay. Chandler was outside, and like I remember, oh, God, this is like the saddest fucking thing I'm about to tell. Um, am I gonna cry? probably okay. i i'm actually getting a little emotional thinking about it but um we i was like probably like six or seven uh-huh. at the time i want to say um it was a two-story home and i was looking out like the window from the second story and i could see him like walking on like the hill kind of behind our house mm-hmm. and there was like a road on the hill mm-hmm. and i was like oh my god it's chandler and literally as soon as i said oh my nope, god it's chandler nope 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 yes no i know and then i was like oh my god <laughs> fucking awful um now my boobs are leaking (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yeah okay that was very upsetting to seven-year-old jamie i bet watching your cat get hit by a car was really the saddest thing (sighs) well my boobs are sad for you too (laughs) (laughs) write that down (laughs) (laughs) my boobs are sad for you too um (laughs) So, um, yeah, senior football player Chandler Chan Steffens and sophomore Betty Jane Thompson got married. The Chan was the grandson of former chairman of Scripps Howard, which is a company that owns several newspapers in Florida, I'm assuming. Okay. And Betty was the daughter of a wealthy celery businessman. <laughs> celery. Gross. Yeah, first of all, celery's fucking nasty. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. a useless vegetable. It is. I don't care if it has negative calories or whatever. And also, all those bitches that, like, juice juice celery and drink celery juice, it makes me want to vom. Ew. Seriously. Like, no. Hard pass. Yeah. Like, if there's a green juice with celery in it, I won't drink it. Like, I, I'm down for a green juice. Whatever. Yeah. Like, that's but not fine. just celery. No. You want to put, like, a whole thing of sugar in it. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Ew. It's gross. Um, but I was a little bit confused by the term celery businessman. I was like, what does that even mean? He's a farmer. 
he yeah so basically he either like owned a farm or okay. did the farming Fair. apparently florida has a lot of celery crops i didn't know that i thought they all all they grew was fucking oranges yeah same. i don't know so the more you know did you know disneyland used to be an orange mangrove i did not know that yeah. Anyways. actually you know what i did know that because i've done that stupid soaring over california ride or whatever oh, that it's called yeah. and they talk about that the more you know yeah anyways so i just forgot <laughs> <laughs> see I, I knew things i just you know couldn't remember them we, some, we know the things sometimes yeah not always in fact, more often than not, we don't. Yeah, but it's fine. But I knew that one. <laughs> I just done forgot that I knew it. <laughs> done forgot. Okay. Um, so, celery, she was a celery business heiress. <laughs> um, Chandler hadn't always had an easy life. In 1950, his parents, Nina and Kenneth, had gotten a divorce. His mother moved to New York, and his father and stepmother spent most of their time in Mexico, as his father wanted to avoid paying alimony payments to his ex-wife. Mood. Honestly, fucking big power move okay listen i saw a meme on facebook and it was like something like my dad and my mom or i don't know somebody these two people got um divorced and the dad got um new checks with his new wife and his picture on it <laughs> and then wrote his alimony checks on those to his ex-wife that's the level of petty i spy <laughs> really <laughs> i love it that's fucking spectacular it's like yeah it's a mood yeah, like, I mean, I love some petty bullshit. Do I'm here for it. I'm always... Okay, speaking of petting, I really have to tell this story. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I don't remember what. We, my, Wes and I got in a minor squabble about something, and I was hella annoyed at him, and he hates it when I slam the doors. Uh-huh. So at this point, after nearly 10 years of marriage, I do it on purpose. So I quit in the bedroom, and I minorly slam the door. Minorly slam the door. Minorly. And... He did not, normally he comes in and he's like, don't slam the door! But he didn't do anything, so I was like, hm. I was mad that he didn't do anything, you know? <laughs> so you, you were bitchy for no reason. I was. <laughs> so, you know what he did? Do you know what he did? I don't, tell me. <sighs> he comes in at 4 a.m. because he has insomnia, he's getting ready for bed. Normally he closes the door in the bathroom to get, like, brush his teeth and stuff. Yeah. Leaves the door open, turns the light on. And I'm like, turn the light off and for those who don't know the way their bedroom is configured like your side of the bed is yeah. right next to the bathroom yeah, so it's and it's like, a pretty like wide open area yes so light just would leak right onto your yeah. face hole yep my face <laughs> and it, we have a sliding like kind of like a barn door so it's like yeah. a pretty big door yeah entryway okay i'm like so as soon as i say that he's like <laughs> he's like eat this bitch yes <laughs> he turns on his toothbrush his sonicare loud house toothbrush and comes and brushes his teeth right next to my head stop it Stop that right now. Then he goes in the bathroom, you know, does his thing, brings his water pick. Which is the world's loudest instrument. It really is. It's um, a water flosser for those of you who don't know. And Very it deadass sounds exactly like this. But louder. Yeah. Like times 10. And he water flosses next to my head. And I'm like, are you kidding? At this point, I'm like, seriously, I probably cussed at him a little bit. And you were probably a little bit homicidal. I was. And then he comes and he lays on me with his cold ass feet and he's like, you're warm. And I'm like, get off me. Because I had to wake up to go to work and he almost died that night but he didn't. Somehow he lived to not tell the tale. He's lucky because our roommate's a cop now so I would have gotten arrested. Real quick. In like two seconds. Like the quickest. Shit. It's fine. Anyways. (laughs) We made up. But but in retaliation i'm like you know what i'm gonna do to this mother effort in the morning when he gets like maybe two or three hours of sleep you know just like when you're like peak in your sleep peep snoozing i was going to blow dry my not wet hair right next to his head. <laughs> if 
that ain't the pettiest bullshit I ever heard. Loud. Oh yeah, blow dryers are not quiet. Right next to his head, but I didn't. And I ended up apologizing, and that's <laughs> the end of my petty story. But anyways, if you guys want to know how petty I am, that's that's how petty. Yeah. And Wes is just as petty as I am, so it's fine. It's a match made in heaven. Yeah, we are. Petty heaven. <laughs> Continue. Um. So I guess fun fact: there's actually a warrant out in Sarasota, Florida, for Kenneth's arrest because he failed to pay said alimony dues. Yeah. That happens. It does. And honestly, again, that's a whole ass mood. It is. Like, call on, go on down to Mexico, let your freak flag fly. Yeah. And, you know, fuck that bitch. <laughs> Arriba. <laughs> Viva. <laughs> right. um, in 1954, Chan quits the football team because he didn't want to follow the training rules, which is, okay. again, a power move. He's petty. Yeah. Okay. He, he also yeah, petty. This is a petty ass family. Yeah. Okay. Um, he was contradictorily. I don't think I said that right. No. Contradictorily. That's worse. <laughs> I don't honestly know because I use it. No, I don't use that word that way. Because I, I. English. Because with Justin and Jamie. I got, I'm looking at this word. <laughs> Contra. Because I want to say contradictory. Contradictor. Can, contradictorily. It. I don't know. Whatever. Let's go with that. Okay. Sure. In contrary, there you go. And no, because the rest of the sentence won't make sense with that. Well, just try it. <laughs> Chan was in the contrary. Damn it! Okay. <laughs> Described by teachers as nervous, erratic, but also sharp and extroverted. Okay. So, because I guess those things sound like they're contradictory to each other. Okay, th- they are. So there we go. There That's we go. how I'm going to reward this and okay. make it make sense in Jamie's brain. Yay, we graduated college. <laughs> and this bitch has two masters. <laughs> Not in English. Not in English. No, just like everything else. Yes. Except math. Just two things, though. <laughs> that are not math or English. <laughs> that are not math. <laughs> um, nevertheless, he and Betty seemed to be deeply in love and got married. How Cute. sweet. Cute. After he graduated high school, he was accepted to the University of Ohio, and they moved in Cincinnati, where they had two children, Michael and Patrice. Patrice. Not a fan of that name. I think it's kind of fancy. I guess it is kind of fancy, but it also sounds like someone that's probably a bitch. Mm, That's Karen. Like fucking Patrice. Mm, Did you watch How I Met Your Mother? No. Never mind. Don't like it. Sorry. Okay, well. Just like I don't like The Office. (gasps) Don't at me. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, um, there, there's a character in How I Met Your Mother, uh-huh. Robin Trabotsky. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, one of her coworkers is named Patrice. Okay. And like all the time, she's like Patrice. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. So I think that's why that name is like seems bitchy to me. Okay, that's fair. Or like someone that you don't like. Yeah. <laughs> if your name is Patrice and you're listening, I'm sorry. Sorry. Not sorry. You're not a Karen, I promise. <laughs> and if your name's Karen, we're sorry. We're, we're sorry for all of the shit you have to put up with as right. as a Karen. <laughs> Apparently I got so heated about that, my Apple Watch was like, it's time to breathe. Ooh. <laughs> I'm here for that. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Patrice. <laughs> um, however, due to the stress of raising their family, uh, Chan dropped out of school his junior year. In 1959, the family returned to Florida so he could attend the University of Florida in Gainesville. At that point, the marriage became even more strained. He would leave at night without telling Betty where he was going and apparently treated her as more of a homemaker than a romantic partner. AKA, he was probably out fucking some other bitches. Yeah. Um, they also fought frequently. In a news cli- newspaper clipping um, in the Tampa, da- Tampa Bay Times, dated August 12th of 1959, 
Betty claimed that he cursed her and criticized her in front of her friends and that he always found fault with her. He showed little affection and apparently he believed that he had married too young. Rude. Right? Uh, when Chan was uh, staying in Gainesville to attend summer school, Betty moved back to Sarasota with her children and lived with her parents, eventually filing for divorce on July the 14th, exciting extreme cruelty. Good for you. Yeah. You don't deserve that. Nope. He finished summer school and on August 5th drove to Sarasota to reunite with Betty. His attorneys filed a motion to dismiss the divorce suit, which I didn't even know you could kind of do. Right. Like but, what? You just, I want to get divorced. You can't divorce me. But like, it's like when people like just, just don't stuck. sign the paperwork. Yeah. Because like. But like eventually you have to be able, like you can't just hold somebody hostage. No, I think there's I'm like sh- a limit of time where they can like kind of hem and haw and not sign the paperwork. Yeah. Just um, be like, okay. But there's like a. I forget how long it is, but it, it might vary by state, yeah. but there's, like, Probably. a limitation, and, like, then if they haven't signed it in so long and you're still, like, wanting to do the, go through with it, they If you're a lawyer, let us know. <laughs> you can add us on that. Yeah, okay. but that's it. Yeah, only that. Just that one exact instance. Yes. Let it's, us know. Especially if I guess it's in Florida. Let us know. Yeah, or California. <laughs> the other 48 can fuck off. <laughs> yes, exactly. They don't matter. No. Especially Texas. <laughs> Just kidding. Was it your murder from Texas? Yeah, but I don't, I'm not a fan. I'm just kidding. No. Not really. Texas is really humid and it's kind of ugly. And I don't understand why people are like so diehard about Texas. Jessica hates Tejas. <laughs> but let me tell you, California is not all flowers and roses either. It's expensive. No, fuck no. It's mostly poppies. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Continue. Karen. <laughs> I paid attention in California history in the fourth grade. <laughs> Don't pick the poppies. They're a nope. state flower. Just the gold ones. Oh, okay. Can you pick red ones? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't think there's any issues with those. I'm going to pick a bunch of gold ones and leave them on your doorstep and then call the police on you. <laughs> 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 and this is the end of the podcast. Thank you, next. <laughs> it's been real. <laughs> we are not friends anymore. <laughs> we broke up. <laughs> uh, fuck. Okay. Uh, the couple decided to give their marriage another try for the sake of their young children, which I respect. However, yeah. that's a bad example to set for what yeah. your kids should think love is. Right. <laughs> or whatever. For well, I agree. If you believe in love. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do. Um, okay, great. Uh, so Betty's father, L.T. Thompson, told a journalist in uh, to the Lakeland Ledger, uh, Betty seemed very happy when they got back together and must have gone well as Betty promised to drop the divorce proceedings and return to Gainesville for his senior year of college. Um, so that evening on August 5th of 1959, when he like came to try to like reconnect, mm-hmm. um, he was staying at a house, uh, 934 Yale court, um, that was owned and rented out by his stepmother. Mm-hmm. So he was renting it at the time. Okay. Um, it was said that he had had a bad habit of not locking the doors at night and trying, uh, liking to prop the door open at night to get air moving while he was sleeping because mm. it was you know hot as balls in florida oh yeah and humid. humid as fuck yeah. <laughs> yes um his stepmother actually left him a note reminding him to lock the doors because there was an increase in crime in the area at the time very few people would have known that he was staying there okay um so now on to the murder my baby is crying yes how are your tits doing <laughs> they're probably gonna start crying soon excellent <laughs> <laughs> i will try to get through this Shit. in a swiftish fashion okay there's a bit, quite a bit to it. So. I'll stop segueing then. You hit it. Hit the we gas. We'll never stop segueing. <laughs> Just impossible. Also, I'm dying right now. You guys look so cute. I'm going to take a picture real quick of what's happening right now. And boomerang it. Uh! And then we'll post it. So you guys can, when we post this episode, we will post this boomerang. And then you can understand what, yeah. what's happening right now. 
I'm not going to tell them what it is either. It's yeah, just... <laughs> it's gold. I mean, it's nothing inappropriate. Don't worry. Not Get at all. Get your minds out of the gutter. Perverts. Pervs. <laughs> all right. Uh, in the early morning of August the 6th, he woke up to the, his living room sofa on fire. Though he attempted oh, to put shit. it out, the fire was so strong that he had to call the fire department. He told the patrolman that he had no idea how it started, and it was supposed that it was written off as an accident, though given the events that are about to happen, it's a very I'm suspect sorry, what, event. your couch accidentally catches on fire? <laughs> okay. Maybe it was next to a plug, I don't know. Sure, Jan. Let's move on. <laughs> Maybe there was faulty wiring, something. I don't know, dude. Okay. okay. Maybe he lit, lit a candle and left it on top of his couch. <laughs> yeah, he was trying to set the mood for himself and right. just... <laughs> forgot whoops <laughs> despite the fire the next morning chan and betty went to the ringling shopping center and had dinner with betty's parents uh, before heading to smacks a local popular hangout where they met with several friends by around 10 o'clock he said that he would like to go to bed as he was still feeling the effects of the fire so he's probably just like stressed and just yeah over it um it is believed that he dropped off betty at her parents house so that she could take care of one of the kids that was feeling sick mm-hmm. and then he headed back to the house that he had been renting okay um, the next morning at 11.45, Betty arrived at the house because Chan had promised to call her, but he had not. When she came in, she stumbled upon a gruesome scene. She ran out of the house screaming and needed to be sedated. Oh, shit. Yeah. Chan was found deceased in his underwear in his bedroom. Um, there's a photo showing where the body was found. There's, like, not photo of the body, but, mm-hmm. like, the photo of the bedroom. Okay. Um, we'll include it in the show pictures with the boomerang that we just okay. alluded to. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the coroner, coroner estimated Chan's time of death being between 11 p.m. and 3 a.m. And he left the bar at 10 p.m., so, like, not that long after. Dang. Okay. Um, in totality, the crime scene painted a gruesome picture. He was tortured possibly for hours before being killed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I would suspect it was probably closer to, like, the 3 a.m. mark. Yeah, rather than the yeah, cause, yeah, 11, because, yeah, timing. Yeah. Well, even if it hadn't been that long that he was tortured, at 11, that still doesn't make... Yeah. Um... Oh my god. Dingo is so fucking heat. I'm gonna cry. Um, so it is believed that he was bludgeoned as uh, in his sleep. His feet were bound with two ropes behind his back, and he was choked repeatedly with a cord from an electric fan. The killer then closed the windows and blinds, turned on the lights, fashioning a mask of surgical tape around Chan's face, leaving two nostril holes for respiration, hence the mummy murder nickname. Okay. He was stabbed three times with a cork-handled handled knife. Hand, uh, the kind used by scuba divers in the abdomen, right shoulder, and on the right side between his ribs. A wound that nicked his lung. Police found four separate imprints of the bloody knife on the bed sheets, indicating that perhaps the, siller, the killer took time to set the knife down between stabbings to look at or admire his work. Jeez. Yeah. The killer slashed his throat from ear to ear, severing an artery. It would have taken him ten minutes to bleed out. He had flung himself in agony from the bed to the floor, which was the ultimate cause of death. That's awful. Yeah. The uh, assailant then washed in the bathroom and packed up his tools and one of Chan's towels, stole $70 from his wallet, but police believe that this was merely an afterthought that robbery was not the motive. Right. Um, and $70 in, like, 1959 was probably, like, a couple hundred. something, yeah. Yeah. Um, 1979. 59. 59. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Okay. Um... The killer was in the room for at least 40 minutes. Um, they suspect, quote, whoever killed Steffens was in no hurry, uh, says Lieutenant Arthur Johnson um, in a report from the Ocala Star Banner. $618. Great. That's quite, quite a sum of money. $618. See how many tacos you can buy with that? And you wonder why, like, 
people are complain that we complain that we don't make enough money mm-hmm. because you whatever anyway continue <laughs> i'm gonna get off my soapbox before i get on it <laughs> you just packed up that box and I said did, never mind it's too much right now my, my daughter's crying and i'm not gonna get on there anyway continue okay um he goes on to say that we believe that he spent a minimum of 40 minutes and probably even more than that in the act um says another investigator it took time and care to make the like tape mask uh, it's yeah. not the sort of thing that an ordinary prowler would do and like why anyway yeah the tape was wound and cut expertly it was very cleanly done no alcohol was found in his system during his autopsy, and there was no signs of forced entry or a struggle. Police assumed the killer came and left through an unlocked side door, mm-hmm. which would not have been out of character for him, to leave a door unlocked. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, where am I? Oh, his neighbors heard nothing during the attack. His room was neat and orderly, with his pants still folded over his chair. However, one resident noted that most of the houses in the neighborhood were empty during the summer, um, probably because there was a lot of student housing, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of just college yeah. kids lived there. Yeah. Because um, the... Or the people chose to spend their time up in the north and escape the heat. Okay. <clears throat> there were, however, fingerprints lifted from the tape that authorities had sent to the FBI for comparison. Investigators initially believed the tape came from a hospital, but Lieutenant uh, Johnson, who has since passed away, believed that the knife, rolls of tape, and rope had been stolen from a kit at a lifeguard stand in Lido Beach, which had not been reported at the time but because it seemed trivial. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, they said that the knife, because it was a cork one, would float and is something that probably yeah. a scuba diver or someone that had some sort of aquatic yeah. activity. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Like, weirdly specific. Aquatic. Aquatic. Um, the police were baffled and quickly looked at members of his immediate family for clues. Mm. He was a beneficiary of trust of a trust fund, which paid approximately $175 per month, and um, he owned about $5,000 worth of Scripps Howard stock. Okay, so, you know, it's probably quite a bit of money. Yeah, well, I mean, like... Uh, if 70 bucks is 600, then, you know... Say say we triple that. That's, like, $1,800 a month that he was getting in, like, day money. It's a lot of money. Probably closer to two grand. Yeah. Um, Look at that math thing I just did. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um... However, while he was heir to a fortune worth $250,000, which is probably several million, his life was only insured for 15000 So police figured that if Betty wanted his estate, she would have had to wait for his inheritance because it would have been a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, police also dismissed the idea that this was the work of a hitman as the kill took several hours and required time and effort to make the mask. Betty and her family were soon cleared from suspicion, as were their friends who uh, might have known that he was staying in Sarasota at the time. Uh, police wondered if perhaps someone from his past wanted revenge, but this seemed a little bit too odd as he had only been back in town for about 48 hours and he was staying in a rental property that wasn't even his. Yeah. Um, so definitely like somebody who knew he was there yeah. or like a random, but it doesn't really sound random. Like why would you just randomly do that? Yeah. I mean, his mom, his stepmom did say that there was like a lot of like weird crime things happening in the area yeah. at the time. So possible yeah. that they just went to a random house. I don't know. I mean, 70 bucks in like that day's money is i mean that's a pretty i mean 600 bucks is a lot of money yeah so like if someone just handed me 600 bucks that'd be just yeah (laughs) for real again like imagine how many fucking tacos you buy with that (laughs) like i don't know at least 600 yeah so (laughs) at least 600 (laughs) fair i mean we're assuming you know dollar street tacos here 600 um yeah it's a lot of mcchickens (laughs) (laughs) so many mcnugs oh yeah (laughs) 
anyways. <laughs> Uh, therefore, Police Chief Francis Scott told the Sarasota Head Tribune, Herald Tribune, I can't read, <laughs> there was a general consensus that a, quote, sex pervert was to blame for the mind and body torture slaying. Damn. As he believed sex it to, perverts. Yeah. Fucking sex perverts. Like y'all listening. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and they believed uh, maybe a person uh, 25 years old or younger. Could, could it be a strange mystic ritual killing? A sex game gone wrong? They interviewed some members of the gay community of Sarasota, including an unnamed male hairdresser who left town shortly after the crime, but everyone was cleared. They also cleared many local sex offenders. More than 400 people were interviewed. Holy crap. So, now we get why this uh, this gets mentioned, because this is mentioned in a uh, like in an aside, mm-hmm. in a, the case of the Walker murders. Okay. The Walker murders occurred in December 1959 in Osprey. Uh, a suspect in that murder, Stanley Mauk, was a utility worker who had coincidentally... See, coincidentally, there's another whatever word. Coincidentally. Um, he had taken meter readings at both the Walker home and the home where Chan was killed. It seemed like an unlikely coincidence, but detectives were unable to find any hard evidence tying the meter reader to either crime. Manuk was eventually committed to a mental hospital for admitting to his psychiatrist that he had an uncontrollable urge to kill his wife and two small children. Okay. Could Mauk have fatal, fatefully stumbled upon Chan during his brief time at the house? Maybe. For a while, there were no leads. Then, on August 13th of 1960, Tampa department store clerk James Leland Webb approached a sleeping stranger and bound the victim's hands before suffocating the man with a plastic bag. He was spotted and apprehended, saying that he got a thrill out of seeing, quote, relaxed flesh. In okay. his car, uh-huh, detectives found a strange device for, uh, with a four-inch pencil-shaped handle and a needle about four inches long. However, detectives were unable to place him in Sarasota at the time of Chan's death. Webb was declared declared unfit to stand on trial for the other murder and was also committed to a mental institution. Okay. Yeah. The only other case that sparked investigators' attention occurred in a suburb of Philadelphia in October of 1963. 23-year-old James F. Robinson was found handcuffed and bound in chains in his bedroom in Swarthmore, Pennsylvania. Uh, several strips of adhesive tape had been ra- wound around his head. Okay. The similarities were striking. Both yeah. victims were attractive young men found in unlocked homes in wealthy areas, and both had connections with the world of publishing. As mentioned before, Chan was an heir to a Scripps Howard fortune. Yeah. And James Robinson was the son of a for- former vice president of Curtis Publishing. Okay. But the similarities end there. Uh, the tape in Swarthmore was one inch less wide than the one used in Sarasota. Robinson was found fully clothed, and Robinson had been choked to death by... Um, his belt not stabbed. Okay. Pennsylvania authorities uh, became convinced that James Robinson died in a self-inflicted, self-inflicted Houdini stunt gone wrong, although his family remained skeptical. Interesting. Yeah. More than three decades after Chan's murder, a childhood acquaintance of Betty Steffens attempted to revive media interest in the crime, but no new leads were forthcoming. In 1988, the mask was sent to the FBI for testing, but no fingerprints could be found. Two sleuths who were mentioned in a 1994 newspaper clipping say that they personally have narrowed it down to about five people and believe that the whole sex game kinky element was done to throw off police. I wonder if um, now with the technology they have, if they could figure out. I don't know. I hope so. Yeah. That's gnarly. Um, that's it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and they cleared the wife. Yes. Okay. Um, she was at her parents' house at the time. That's sad. Isn't that bonkers? Normally, I would have thought it was would have been her. <clears throat> right. Especially for that time period. Like, that's more common for the women to get murdered, but... Totally. Dang. Um, so, yeah, it's possible and kind of likely it was someone he knew, or it was just, like, a happenstance. Yeah. Probably that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. Well, bummer. Insane, right? You have any fun, fresh, thinny thing to share? Um, right now I am currently reading, well, I guess listening to the audiobook for, um, fuck, what's that book called? Um... Give me a hint. I can't think. It's the word "fucks" in the title. <laughs> I know that much. Um, um, it's not "unfuck yourself." Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Though. The subtle like, art of not, not giving, giving a fuck. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I have that book too. I haven't read it yet though. Um, I'm like halfway through the audiobook. It's very good. Yeah, definitely recommend thus far. I just finished um, "The Killer Across the Table" by. Ooh, what's that about? Um, the guy who wrote "Mindhunter." Oh, Douglas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I can't think of his first name. Uh, is it Jim Douglas? No. Um, John. I think it's John. Uh, yes, Douglas John. Yeah, John Douglas. <laughs> Douglas John. Well, I, I typed in Mine Hunter <laughs> Douglas, and then it <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, it was really good. I recommend. It wasn't as good as Mine Hunter, but it was definitely really good. And it kind of talks about like a uh, actually at the end he talks about a murder that I'm gonna do in the next couple weeks. Oh. It's like a hometown, kind of a hometown ish. Like it's close by hometown, so it's wow. a very creepy serial killer with a kind of a personal connection. So to you, to me, yeah. But, like, in a very distant way, kind of. I don't know. Mm. Nothing. I can't wait. Yeah. Anyways. So that's it for me. I I mean, you heard it here first. We got a yeah. <laughs> exclusive. Yes. So, um, thanks for listening. Please yes. go rate and comment on wherever you listen. Share on social media. It really helps us out. We really appreciate it. And we're going to be doing a drawing um, once we get some more um, ratings and reviews on the iTunes. Let's say we have at least five. Yeah. Right now we have two written reviews. So please leave us a review. Like some more of those. And if they're mean, please you don't have to. But if you have something nice or like even just something neutral to say, go ahead. Um, I don't know if I, sh- I showed you. Um, on Mine and Jackson's podcast, Muggle Problems, yeah. Shameless Prug. Um, Prug. Plug. Plug. <laughs> um, we have a review that literally just says, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is all fine. Yeah, this is fine. Joke's period. out. It's, it was me. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> it wasn't me. But that's good. Um, that's gold. And honestly, it's my favorite thing that's ever been said about me in my entire life. Because it is fine. It's, it's not good. great. It's not bad. It's fine. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it fucking sent me. It's like, fantastic. I saw that one day and I was just like, stop that right now. <laughs> stop yep, it. So we take neutral comments, too. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yes. And we will catch you... Yep. We- This week we're only doing one episode. Never mind. Yeah. So we'll catch you a week from today. Yep. Goodbye. Bye.